Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above. And I think we have a pretty exciting show for you this morning or broadcast for you this morning. I hate to think of this as a show. It really isn't a show, <laughs> but it is a broadcast, and we have a lot to talk about and I decided at the last minute yesterday afternoon that what we would do today is take a look at the chart of the United States of America as a solar return since the 4th of July coming up on Sunday is the birthday of the USA. And like all of us on our birthdays, we have a chart that can be drawn up and it gives us insight into what the major themes are going to be for the year and the year being for a birthday from birthday to birthday. So July 4th, uh, 2021 until July 3rd of 2022 with the new one beginning that very next day. <clears throat> so it's important to look at that, I think, because uh, for each of us, because it gives us that ability to tap into uh, what might be the challenges, what might be the things that we have to uh, work with, what might be the opportunities that are coming to us, and how you know shown by the planets and how they're all configured with one another uh, and how that applies to our birth chart can give us some really keen insight into how to live our lives authentically for the next year <clears throat> so we're going to be doing that i'll have my uh screen up with the chart of the usa so that you can follow along with me and uh, you'll have to take notes because unfortunately in this particular uh, way of connecting, I don't have the ability to circle or type, you know, or write in notes and things like that. Uh, at least not that I've figured out yet. I just don't see how that's possible here on my, on my screen. So um, you'll have to, I'll try to circle it with my cursor and then you can just take notes about what I'm saying. If it's that important to you, if not, just sit back and enjoy. Uh, but first, we're going to take a look at what is going on today. So let me just say a quick good morning to Asa out there. Thank you so much for joining me and helping me at the back end of the broadcast. And for Pauline, good morning to you and anybody else checking in that I haven't quite seen yet. Uh, I'm glad to have you here with us this morning. So let's start with the day's moon, the moon today in the sign of Aries. It actually was in Aries beginning yesterday. Uh, actually, maybe even the day before, June 30th. Yeah, it moved in late in the evening for most of you on the East Coast on on uh, June 30th. And then yesterday spent the day in Aries, and today we'll spend the day in Aries as well. So Aries being a sign of the new beginning. It's the first sign in the zodiac wheel. And it, as such, it is sort of the entry point or the entry portal to the entire zodiac. So when we're talking about Aries energy, we're really talking about that new beginning that's possible. But more than that, it's the ability to step out into the new without fear, uh, with fearlessness, with courage, with boldness. And so when the moon moves through Aries, it reminds us that a new beginning is possible and that we need to be able to release ourselves from any of the past, anything from the old, and to be able to uh, entertain starting something new. And indeed, that's exactly what we see happening, even in the human design aspects here. So the two gates that the moon will be in today are the gate 51, which I believe it's already transitioning out of, and the gate 42. So it's interesting because the gate 51 is sort of a gate that, that provides us with a shock or provides us with some kind of of a push toward an awakening. <clears throat> and if you have it regularly in your chart, then you have that happening frequently throughout your life. For those of you who do not have it defined, now you have it defined, at least for a few hours of the day today. And that might mean that there are some subtle or maybe not so subtle awakening possibilities for you, ahas, epiphanies, awakening type things. In the process of that, sometimes it is a shock, um, but it doesn't have to be shocking. It could be something that is a good shock 
like winning the lottery, wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, or doing something, uh, uh, having a plan and watching it all come together. Now that takes me into the next gate that the moon will move in because unbelievably or not, the gate that the moon moves into after the 51 is into the 42. Now the 42 sits on the uh, sacral center moving down toward the root center. And it meets up with the gate of new beginnings, but the gate 42 is about the celebration at the ending of something. So it is where the person who has that gate to find is very good at coming in partway to something or through something and taking it to its completion. So sometimes you have people that, you know, are like the manifestors, they're the, the, the breaking balls, right? They go out there and they initiate, they create an opening for the rest of us to come in. And then the rest of us, the generators, manifesting generators, we can take it to its ending while the projectors are leading, guiding, managing, and the reflectors are showing us how good we're doing or not at that, that particular project that's coming to the ending. So it's an interesting uh, day as we have those two different gates. And you know, Aries energy is also uh, the initiator energy as well, right? So it's the new beginning, it's the initiation, it's the boldly going forward. Now, besides the fact that we're in the gate 51 and the 42 with the moon today, we also have two pretty interesting uh, aspects that the moon is making with planets. One is to a sextile with Mercury which means that we have conversation ability. We have emotions, maybe even coloring a little bit about the things that we are passionate about or what we're finding ourselves talking about. And in fact, interesting more so is that in just a couple of days, July 7th, I believe it is, Mercury himself is gonna move into the sign of cancer ruled by the moon. And so we have kind of a pre- showing, if you will, of what some of the emotional energy might be for the next couple of weeks that Mercury is in the sign of Cancer. Now, Mercury is still in his shadow period, and don't me and Asa know it for sure. My computer behaved badly all week. I had to have HP try to help me fix what was wrong. Asa's electricity and internet went out. My internet was out intermittently uh, earlier in the week and of course over the weekend. So it's been a crazy shadow of the Mercury retrograde. It is the retrograde, uh, retro shade uh, energy. So we're completing the process of Mercury moving through his entire retrograde stations. He's now moving forward. So he is eventually by the seventh going to be beyond the point at which he entered the retrograde zone way back in May. And so we'll be done. We'll be done. We'll be done. Yay. Uh, and it is often the wonkiest times, right? When we're in the pre Mercury retrograde, and then we're in the post Mercury retrograde, that's where the things can get very wobbly. And I've experienced that completely over these last couple of days. Uh, I see more and more people joining us this morning. Let's go backwards a little bit. Uh, there's Asa and good morning, Ingrid. It's nice to see you out there. Good morning, Mimi and Vanita. Great to see you. JLo, Grand Rising, Christine Buckingham. Hello to you as well. Sunny Smiles, Sunshine. I don't know who that is, but welcome. And good morning to you and Amanda J. Hello. And Susan Bronlin, nice to see you. Uh, I'd love to know what part of the world you're in these days, since you seem to have been traveling around the country, at least for uh, the last few months. And JLo says, I have my Chiron in 42. Hmm, interesting uh, planet to be in conjunction there with the moon. So there may be some emotional energy around what is being completed or what has yet to be completed in your life, almost as if there's a wound around uh, trying to complete things. And Susan, you are in Oregon. I would never have suspected that. <laughs> Last time I heard, I thought you were in Air, uh, Alaska. <laughs> so welcome back to this part of the Pacific Northwest. Hello, Ursula. Good to see you out there today too. Um, okay. So now let's talk about the second aspect that the moon is making today. And this one is a little more glitchy, scritchy, if you will, in that it is a square to Pluto. So when we have the moon in any kind of relationship, there are whole books 
by the way, written about the moon and Pluto when they come together in various ways and shapes. And this will be a square, the most challenging of aspects, besides the opposition, I suppose, or the conjunction that the moon can be in with the planet of transformation, Pluto. And it's going to be interesting when we transition over to the USA solar return chart, how we're going to see Pluto's major role in the solar return for this year, mostly because the, the country, the nation, is undergoing a USA Pluto return, which, you know, happens, not, people don't ever experience a Pluto return, uh, only countries or, you know, systems, things that have a longer life can do because it, it takes 248 years for Pluto to go completely around the chart from its starting point to its return to that point. So the USA is due for that. We're actually in it right now. The exact date is February 22nd, I believe, of 2022. But Pluto moves slowly. It's already sitting right at that Pluto return. It just hasn't come to the exact point yet. So we'll want to take a look at how that's playing out. And uh, let's see, the square to Pluto, transformational energy that can also be quite emotional. I remember, or, or I want you to remember that Pluto is a planet that takes us into the dark side. It takes us through on a journey through uh, the underworld. It takes us on a journey through what's in the underworld. So if what's in the underworld for you is fear, blocks, and limitation, Pluto is going to put the pressure on to transform that energy. So transforming our victim nature, transforming our big systems, our institutions, if we're looking at the outer world, and then wherever Pluto is in your own personal chart is also going to have some energy thrown its way on a day like today where the moon is in a square to Pluto. So wherever your own natal Pluto is, is by house because the whole of a generation has Pluto in the same sign. Uh, but wherever it is in your chart by house is where the major transformation has to happen in the chart or in your life. So if you have your own astrology chart in front of you, take a look. Where's that powerful Pluto? And then take a look today at the moon and how she is squaring up Pluto right now in Capricorn. And how does that play out maybe in your chart as well? I think on one hand, um, on one hand, it's kind of the... Um, push that we get, the insistent push that we get to make changes. But along that way, during that push, we kind of bump up against the places where we have been in the dark, or where we have been in fear, or where we have subconscious patterns that are ruling uh, our existence or ruling our, 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 our lives. Um, oh, okay, that's not from you, Asa. Good. All right. So let's see who else has joined us here. Kathleen Mallory, good morning to you. Uh, Pauline Salia T-Square, can you explain? We talked a lot about the T-Square in our Monday broadcast, Pauline, so you might want to go back and re-listen to that. The T-Square occurs when we have a planet that's the focal point of two other planets that are in opposition from one another. So let's see if I can give you a peek at a chart here. Uh, yeah, we'll look at the, We can look at this chart. It doesn't, it's not like it's a big ass secret. Let's go back to StreamYard share. There we go. And a window and okay, tab. there we go. So what you're looking at right now is the solar return chart for the USA. Um, and so this won't make much much sense uh, in the context of the that um, that particular chart, but we can look here. What's happening now for all of us is the T square that happens to be pointed at the planet Uranus. So here's Uranus right here in Taurus, and the T square means that there must be two planets in opposition that are pointing to Uranus. And indeed, what we're seeing is first Mars and then Venus coming into an opposition to Saturn down here and Saturn squaring Uranus and Mars and then Venus squaring Uranus, creating the T-square. So T-square happens to be very focused at something. 
and that focal point is where all of the energy of the opposition is releasing. So when we have an, uh, an opposition, let's say, between Saturn and Mars, we have a pretty militant energy and it's seeking release and it's seeking release in the, in the sign of Taurus, but with the planet Uranus at the point where there's possible upsets or there's possible shocks or awakening of some sort. Uranus is a rebel. He is the energy that shakes things up and liberates us. So we have maybe, a, and it's interesting if you just look at it here in the USA's chart, we have um, the possibility of, of military action that is in some way changing, right? And I think even this morning in the news, there was something about closing or the U.S. pulling completely out of the Bagram Air Force Base and turning it over to the Afghans. And that really represents a change from um, the the war that began in 2003 with Iraq and then moving on into Afghanistan. So we're buttoning up that uh, kind of, of, of transit, if you will. So the T-square, there's going to be challenges to it, right? And there's going to be probably some surprises that occur out of that. And there's probably going to be recriminations and all kinds of things, people blaming and shaming and all of that. Uh, in the end, though, it's the right thing to do because Uranus at the point here is telling us in Taurus to come back to our home, right? Come back to our planet, our space, our USA, and focus on the energies here and not so much uh, in the places around the world. So I hope that answers your question about the T-square. Um, we have T-squares in our natal charts, often that are uh, part of the experience that we have. We have T-squares that form in transiting planets, for example, the one that we're experiencing now. And it, it challenges not only us as individuals, but also collectively as humanity. So we're being challenged individually, but we're also being challenged on the collective level right now, which is what kind of ramps that feeling up of of change happening <clears throat> or of, of disturbances, if you will, out in the outer world. And that uh, T-square has to find a solution. And often the balancing point of the T-square comes in the opposing sign to the focal planet. So Uranus is in Taurus. So the balancing point would be in Scorpio. And in Scorpio, we can maybe step back or elevate our perspective, see things from a different point of view, rather than getting caught up in the scorpion sting, we can elevate to maybe the eagle or even the phoenix level, where we can totally transform things that have been happening. So pretty good stuff there. Um, so uh, Pauline, let me know if that answers your question, or if you have something else. Uh, Kathleen Mallory, I wish I had an audio copy of, oh, she's talking to someone else. Okay, good. Um, okay, so Ursula says Pluto's in her 12th house. Interesting, because when you see the USA chart, the Pluto for the USA in the solar return is also in the 12th house. So you're going to get an earful <laughs> about the 12th house here in just a few minutes. And uh, <clears throat> the 12th house, of course, is representing in no large part the uh, things that we don't see clearly, right? The parts that are hidden from us. And the secrets and the and the unconscious or subconscious patterns. So the USA having to have a comeuppance, if you will, in uh, looking at the shadows that are a part of our national um, consciousness. So lots of things lying there: race issues, financial issues, homelessness, police issues, um, political issues, huge in all of that. So. Uh, lots of lots of good things that we could talk about in the solar return of the USA this year. Um, good morning, Debbie. It's good to see you out there. Thank you. I was going to wear my little headband that had little hearts on it that are in USA flags. And I thought oh, that's just a little too much uh, for me even. Um, so, all right. Let's see anybody else showing up here that uh, Amy D. Good morning to you. Good to see you. So now let's finish um, talking about some other things and then we'll go on to the solar return for the USA. Um, today in our Pleiadian Earth Energy, and it's kind of gotten into the backseat, hasn't it? There's been so many other things that I've wanted to share with you about human design, astro design, blending astrology and um, human design and the gene keys. <clears throat> 
that, we haven't talked much about the Pleiadian Earth energy. Well, today was a good day for us to look at it because today's at 12 seeing. So 12 is the energy, the universal energy of understanding. So we're taking sort of a, a look backwards a bit and, and seeing what it is that we've come to understand uh, in the in the this uh, spiral of consciousness or in this particular week. And gosh, I even have to look back and tell you where that week began um, because I don't remember off the top of my head right now. Uh, we began at one planting. All right, that's right. So one planting, what seeds were being planted? What were we um, sort of putting in the ground and readying for a harvest at some point in the future? And that's where we started. And that becomes the umbrella energy or the overlighting energy for the entire 12 days, 13 days, excuse me. So now sitting at day 12, we're getting to look back at what we planted then and how have we, uh, how far have we come and have we made... Uh, some, you know, steps forward in the intention that was set then or the seeds that were planted then. And then tomorrow on the third Saturday, we come into the 13, the final day of this 13 round. And now we're in preparation for ascension. In fact, the 13 represents ascension energy, ascension to the next level of our evolution of consciousness, which is a 13 day process that goes on and on and on throughout the year. Now, 13 uh, is the universal day that takes us into the womb, if you will. It brings us into more uh, quiet energy or intuitive energy or taking a look at uh, from the internal perspective at where we are, how far we've come, what we still need to do, and sort of just letting it all filter in, integrate. It's more quiet energy. And intuiting energy itself, the earth energy of the day, tells us that it is for us to be intuitive, for us to be looking at the future through the lens of intuition, not necessarily taking any steps yet, but kind of sensing the direction, which way are the winds blowing, if you will. Then on Sunday, imagine this, on the 4th of July, in the U.S. anyway, it is going to be one evolving energy. Now, one, of course, is new beginnings. It gives us that that it, that push into something new and gives us the pathway for initiation into whatever it is that's new. So that is going to be an overarching energy for 13 days. So that's the the energy that we uh, that we're always being drawn back to. So even though we're going through different expressions of the week, it is all under that umbrella of one evolving. Now, evolving is the tricky energy here. In Mayan astrology, this was Kaban, and Kaban was the representation of the earthquake or something that shakes us up. It was often a time when there were government shakeups or where there were things that happened in an unexpected way, had a sort of Uranus flare to it. And so we have evolving energy for 13 days as the overlighting energy. So do you think we might have some bumps and thumps? Oh, yeah. I believe that that's entirely possible, but after all, it is evolving energy and that is taking us into new territory where we have to be shaken up sometimes out of our, our uh, stuckness so that we can move in a new direction. So it provides us that energy to be able to change and evolve. Now, we might see that out in the outer world, but we also have in something that we'll be connected to in our personal lives that is of that nature, shaking us up or pushing us in uh, that new direction. So that's our Pleiadian energy, at least through the weekend. Um, the following week, of course, we'll go into two and then all the way uh, through eight planting, which will be on the next Sunday energy. So gives us an idea of perhaps the, the changes that are upon us as we start to look at the, human, the uh, USA's solar return. Um, okay, going back, is there any questions here before we change tactics? Susan Bronlin, Pluto, first house. No wonder you're always moving around, right? Your Pluto is constantly putting you on a personal path of transformation. JLo, my sister's birthday is on the 4th. Also, she will be having an interesting day indeed, because she, like the USA, is going to be experiencing things in a 
uh, in that in this shakeup sort of way for the entire year. Now that doesn't mean it's a negative year at all. It's filled with potential, the potential to transform, to transform things that have been stuck for a long time, persistent issues, perhaps challenges that have been persistent. So I think it is uh, a potential good thing depending on how they react or respond to that energy. Christine Buckingham's sister, no daughter is July 3rd, also as a part of that. Uh, it's very close to the 4th of July energy. So same sort of uh, themes. And Corey, good morning to you. It's great to see you. Um, Asa, my daughter's birthday is July 5th. Aha, that is the day of the exact uh, uh, Venus op opposition to Saturn which is in a T-square to Uranus. So that will be in her chart for the entire year as well, or activated. It's not going to be there. The pattern itself will shift, but in her experience of the year, that T-square will be very activated. Um, there we go. My niece is July 5th. You guys, we have a lot of cancer people uh, here. T-square... Pauline, I don't know what you mean by T-square, so tell me if that's something you needed as a question to, to complete the thought that we had about that. Um, and, all right, I don't see any other questions that I need to deal with, but let's go on, shall we? I really am excited to share this with you because it gives us insight. Now, I know some of you are not listening from the USA, and I apologize if this sounds very USA centric, but that's where I live. So of course, with the 4th of July weekend upon us, it became very interesting to me to take a look at the chart of this particular country and what might we expect as we go into the next year. Um, I'm always open to suggestions from people though. If you live in a different country and you want us to take a look at something going on in your country or a person, we, we did Martin Luther King back in February. I've been meaning to do other people's charts as we've gone on um, to take a look. And, and I'm excited to do that kind of work because I think it really helps us define how astrology works, how we live astrology, right? How that happens. So uh, you can always email me at Janet at living-astrology.com. I'm going to put that in here uh, in the chat and you can send me your ideas for things that you want to hear about. Um, okay, so how can you find out about specific charts? Oh, great question, JLo. So she's asking, where can I find out information on specific charts? Well, if you go to Wiki, there is something called AstroWiki. I think you might have to do a search for AstroWiki and then you can search it within that program for the charts that you want or the birth information for what you want. There are also plenty of places like uh, astro.com uh, and they often have the birth dates uh, and birth information of people. Uh, I use them. I use them, and I also use AstroWiki. So it's Astro A S T R O W I K I, and uh, if you have that site saved, you should be able to get to anybody's chart that you want. You just have to type in in the search bar what you're looking for, and or just do a Google search for Tom Cruise birth information or whatever it is that you want. Whoever it is you want, New York State's birthday kind of thing so that you can you can find it that way. Um, Christine Buckingham, someday it would be awesome to read on Harriet Tubman. I, I believe there actually have been charts already done on her and that might be fun exactly to look at prominent figures from history, prominent figures from today, and uh, maybe even looking at the charts of the younger people, the up and coming people and what might they, how might they impact the future of, of uh, the nation. And uh, JLo says, now I want to go down a rabbit hole and micro look into my borough. Uh, well, <laughs> why not? Why not? Um, Pauline says, project feelings cause drama. I, oh, here we go. Maybe I missed something. Here we go. No idea. Just heard there was one Uranus, Mars, forgot other planet uh, fatigue. Um, okay. So uh, that other planet, so Uranus and Mars and Saturn. And then the next one exact on Monday, the fifth is Venus, Saturn and Uranus. So, and then not long after that, of course, then Venus and Mars come into their exact conjunction, not far 
from that T-square, where that T-square formed. So there's still the potential for some very creative energy, but also some balancing or harmonizing that we might discover we need to do. So it's a pretty interesting aspect at this particular time, because we're, you know, we're in this process of releasing the effects of the pandemic. Well, not releasing the effects, but re releasing the um, the the lockdowns and the various uh, restrictions from the pandemic. And how is that going to play out as we look ahead, right, as we look ahead in the year? And uh, so I think this gives us the potential for some creative expression in that way. Kushi Sharma, good morning to you. It's great to see you. I hope I said your name right. And uh, okay, I think I've got all the comments here that I need to deal with. Um, Okay, good. So now let's take a look at this chart again. So I'm going to share my screen. So that'll take me just a moment while I get to what I want to share. It's a Chrome tab I have opened up. And here we go. Now what you should be looking at is called a solar return chart with the houses. I actually added the houses to it. Um, because I was so fascinated by this whole process this morning. I mean, I could have sat here for hours this morning, working on all of this because it was so it's so interesting to look at countries instead of people because different the planets represent different things. The houses represent a little bit different thing. As you can imagine, uh, a country isn't necessarily going to get into a marriage of sorts like the actual marriage, but there's still that kind of relationship energy. Um, a, uh, a country isn't going to have issues around or isn't going to have sex but there may be the issues by shown in the chart around the belief systems that affect sex in a chart. So it, it, it's looking at it with just a little bit different twist, if you will, about how those things play out. So again, I'm sorry that I can't draw on the chart. I don't do that very well anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but I'll try to use my cursor, which I'm hoping everybody can see. And I'm going to give you first the sun, because a solar return sun is the most important piece as we look at the year ahead. And we want to know what planets it's uh, affecting, and we want to know what house it's in. And well, let's take a look at what this chart represents first. On the inner wheel here, first, this is called the USA Sibley chart. So the Sibley chart is based on the 4th of July, um, uh, 1776 at 5.13 p.m. local mean time, which if you remember 1776, there wasn't daylight savings time. So it was whatever the mean time was in the area that they were in. This was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where the Declaration of Independence was signed. So we use Philadelphia, July 4th, and I'm sorry, you can't see it under the pins thing there, at 1776 at 5.13 p.m. And this is what most astrologers will use the Sibley chart. There is another chart going uh, that that's out there as well with a uh, Sagittarius rising. No, this is the one with Sagittarius rising with the Scorpio rising, I believe, which I think is one where they've set the time of the signing at noon. And uh, I've used the one that most astrologers are using. So when you're looking at this chart in the inner wheel here, is the planets and where they were at the time the, the the person was born or at the time the event occurred. So this is what uh, if the map, if we took a snapshot of the sky above, this is what it looked like for the USA on its birthday. We see then from the the birth chart, the sun was in the sign of Cancer. We had Mercury in Cancer, Jupiter in Cancer, Venus was also in Cancer, the part of fortune in Cancer. So we have a very emotionally uh, connected country or a country that is emotionally engaged. We have not necessarily for the positive or the negative, just a lot of emotional energy here. We have the energy of protection and security and the the whole nurturing aspect of the sign of the sun in cancer, even on the um, Statue of Liberty is the saying, you know, give us your tired, your poor, your yearning masses, um, your teeming masses yearning to be free. So it sets sort of this tone that the country is in, uh, that the country focuses on, which is nurturing and taking care of and welcoming uh, immigrants and 
uh, a whole lot of uh, issues around protection and security and being safe and law and order also in that because the opposite sign Capricorn pulls some energy up with the sun's uh, opposition to it. And that's about military strength and that's about how we police and about how we um, have the institutions that support law and order. So we have both a law and order sort of aspect that is uh, part of our national identity, as well as the nurturing of the people of each other, of others in the world, right? So kind of the mothering energy and the fathering energy. So we could be considered a, a country whose identity is really about taking care of mothering and fathering, not only our own people, but the world in general, right? That's kind of set us up for some issues, of course, to be sure, uh, but that is uh, the divine uh, path of this particular nation. Now, in the solar return, we see the solar return on the outer wheel. So the solar return in this blue shaded area occurs at the moment the sun comes back to the same degree and the sign it was in when the event took place. Now that occurs on 4th of July at 10.55 p.m. So literally just as we're all going home from our fireworks, um, the USA has its actual birthday. And that wobbles from year to year because the the sun does not take a, um, uh, any kind of clue from our calendar as to what day it should actually be on or what time. It happens when it happens as a, a regular cycle. It comes to this degree and this is when it happens. And we see then that we can draw a chart up for that moment and we can compare the outer wheel, the solar return to the natal chart. And we can also see that the house designation changes somewhat. So where the sun in the uh, chart of the USA is in the eighth house of shared resources of, of, of transformation, we see that the sun on the solar return comes in at the sixth house. So we're going to have some transformational energy that is engaged with the sixth house. And we're, we're going to take a look deeper at what that means here in just a minute. So then we can see that the first house then for the solar return comes down here. Here's the C, you see the number one in these little corners that tells you what's the house for the solar return. The first house is connected to the third house in the solar return year. And again, we're, we're going to get to more of that in just a minute. So when we look at the sun, the sun in a chart for a nation represents the head of state. So because we have a president in this country, this represents the head of state and the head of state's uh, focus and what the, uh, the dialogue is that's coming from the head of state. And please, this is not political. This is not about politics. This is about what is happening, what we can expect by whoever the leader is. And the leader right now is Biden. And so this represents um, Biden, right? So the sun in the sixth house. Now, what does the sixth house mean in a solar return chart for a nation? It is the workers of the country. It represents the workers. It represents labor. It represents programs around supporting labor. It represents public health. And it represents um, the services, the medical services that we have. So what we can see is that the sun, the head of state, is going to be focused on the things that have to do with putting people back to work. Interesting, because there's that infrastructure plan. And part of that was about getting people back to work to uh, help build, rebuild uh, the aging infrastructure in, of the country, converting us from oil to um, more natural uh, resources, uh, electricity, etc., for cars and vehicles. And all of this has been in the dynamic already. So this doesn't surprise me at all that, the, that for the next year, that becomes the focus of the head of state. So things that he might be most interested in, or that he's really talking about, or uh, bills that he's, you know, uh, getting Congress uh, to work on, have to do with labor, have to do with health, and have to do with the um, the services, the public services. This also uh, represents the public in some ways, right? The, the the humors of the public, if you will. How are, is the public feeling around work and the medical system and health in general? So that's the biggest focus, right? The sun shows us the biggest focus for the year. 
And when we look at that is in the sign of cancer, what we could probably expect is that this is about how do we nurture our workers? How do we nurture the labor force? How do we nurture our healthcare workers? How do we nurture the medical establishment and how, what kinds of changes might we need to, what spotlights are being shown on the weaknesses in the system as well as the strengths of the system and then taking action on those particular things. Now, the second most important part of the solar return is where is the moon? In the chart of a country, it is about what the people want. It's about how are the people feeling, public opinion, in other words. And that, of course, because it's the moon, can be changeable, as we know. But overall, the public's opinion uh, this particular year is right here in Taurus. And it's complicated. There's a complexness to the public opinion and to the public in general, the mood of the public, if you will, as the moon is smack dab between uh, Uranus and Ceres and also flanked by uh, the black moon Lilith in the last couple of degrees of her transit through Taurus. So when we're talking about the sign of Taurus, Taurus represents banking. It represents the economy. It represents money. It is also agriculture, the land, and how we work the land. And if you look at the fact this is the fourth house that the moon is in in the solar return, the fourth house in the chart of a country represents real estate. It represents housing. It represents uh, all of the things that we do have in our living conditions. How are people feeling about where they live and that can be the prices of housing. It can be the price of uh, land. It can be uh, maybe potentially uh, agriculture and what's happening with uh, the food supply. And then when you put Ceres in here, she represents the food chain. She represents how we are creating either a sustainable or a non-sustainable agriculture or connection to the land. And the moon here in the middle uh, next to Uranus telling me that there's likely going to be some uh, explosions, maybe some drops in the economy. Maybe it, maybe it's pointing to inflation. Maybe it's pointing to another um, recession. I suspect it is actually uh, pointing us to the need to balance um, the spending and the uh, income, so taxes and taxation and the spending that we as individuals are a part of, but the public also interested in the economy and the feeling around that economy. And then as well, the biggest maybe issue in the economy might be housing, uh, homelessness, uh, prices, costs of buying a home or costs of rentals or the ability to have enough housing to uh, get everybody who wants a home into a home. So that seems to be a big theme that will be passing on through the year. And with Uranus in that mix, it's sure to be volatile and it's sure to be filled with unexpected things, unexpected in a good way maybe, but also unexpected in a way that might not be so positive. So we'll have to watch that. Um, the uh, planet Uranus here in the chart of a country represents technology. It represents the outer space programs that we have. Interesting because Uranus in a sign like Taurus, uh, terra firma, right, Earth. But here we are looking at the planet Mars and how do we want to perhaps populate that planet, uh, terraform that planet. And interesting too, because Uranus is in a square to Mars during this particular um, solar return, because that is activated for everybody at the moment, certainly activated in the nation. So we're finding that our, um, our search for finding other planets um, are, are, are wanting to uh, civilized Mars or in some way populated in the future are big things that are innovative technologies are being pointed at in, in the moment. But this is a, a planet that also rules the unruly events that might happen in the nation. So is that demonstrations? Is that certain people that create havoc or chaos? But you can bet there's going to be some of that as well. That could be 
meaning lots of different things from different groups to different individuals uh, to the public in general because of the nation's moon being so close to Uranus. It could be the public that finally gets up on their high horse and demands change or demands something to be done. And uh, lastly, Uranus here also represents wild weather and the changes, the wild changes, let's form it that way, in the nation. So expect probably volatility in the planets uh, or in the, the weather in the USA. Maybe where we expect hurricanes, we don't get them, or where we expect heat, we get more heat. <laughs> We've had that here in the Pacific Northwest and on the West Coast. The whole thing is about drought. And while we're, dr we're drought, the East is in water. Um, so we have these wild things changes and upsets to the normal patterns and that is also activated for the entire year so as we look ahead this is summer that's going to extend into the fall the winter and the spring and initially the beginning of summer of next year as well and it's going to move on beyond that as well because uranus will still be in taurus um, all through the next couple of years so i would expect weather anomalies and weather issues uh, probably for the next three to five years for here in the USA. Now, um, let's, the second thing I, let's just next go to um, Venus and Mars. Um, they are up here in a very close, they're, they're in a conjunction, they're about eight degrees, no, uh, five degrees apart during the solar return, both in the sign of Leo. Let's deal with Venus first. Venus in the chart of a nation rules the arts, entertainment, younger women, and the, the financial spending of the nation. Venus, remember, rules money. And in the seventh house of the solar return chart, this is about foreign relations and the money that we may spend on uh, other nations or what we uh, don't spend on other nations. It can represent war and peace. She can be um, very much about how we, uh, in the seventh house, this can be how we deal with our enemies, how we deal with our friends, and the agreements that we make internationally and even between states. So the seventh house of relationships with Venus here, um, really talking about how it is that the younger women, it, it gives a voice, I think, to younger women in this year. And the fact is, this planet Venus is very close to Mars. So we already talked on Monday about how creative an energy this was, about how this was a balancing between the masculine and the feminine. So when we look at Mars in the chart of a nation or in the solar return of a nation, we're looking at the war part, the military part, police and militants and conflict. And I love the fact that Mars is very close to Venus because it seems to... Um, maybe water that down somewhat or mellow it, uh, peaceful it down somewhat. So while we may be, maybe we're talking about, maybe we're having new conversations around the police. And of course we are in the light of the George Floyd um, episode and the conviction of Derek Chauvin and how policing is uh, being done in this country maybe changes in uh, maybe changes that make more sense about how we treat each other in that situation you hear it in the news now about defunding the police i don't think that's going to happen at all not with venus in the in the in the mix here she represents money and uh, in leo leo is a sign that is very individual oriented and i think that what we'll see are maybe new opportunities for conversations probably more at the local or community or state level about how the police and the communities work together, right? The, the uh, energy of crime itself is a Pluto, um, a Pluto thing. And so that's going to be part of the national conversation, I think, for a very long time. Um, but it's interesting to note that the USA as a nation whose birth was also involving law and order has probably taken that to the nth degree. As we look uh, around the world, there are more people incarcerated in this country than in any other country per capita, so by the percentages, than any other nation in the world. 
that I think is disturbing and points to something that we need to have a national conversation with or about. And I see it here in this chart. So while even though, you know, Mars is sometimes that militant energy and that, that uh, military advancing energy, he's kind of muted a bit by Venus, but I'm a little concerned because of the T-square that is involved here with a point at Uranus where uh, things can flash over in a moment and where there's the opposition to Saturn and Mars opposing Saturn is sometimes open conflict, um, divergence of opinions on how things should should work, and that is activated for the entire year. So I'm 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 thinking that there may be some form of conflicts. I'm being very careful here because I don't want it to sound like that's a major problem, but the T-square challenges us to rise above what the problems are. And the problems are in the police force. The problems are in how we uh, intervene in other countries and how we deal with terrorism at, on the home front and, and what have you. So that continues to be a theme. And I think it might be, there might be some surprising options on how we can find solutions, but there can also be some more dramatic, remember Leo dramas, trauma dramas, and uh, that might continue through the year. Uh, let's see, next order of, of things, let's go to Jupiter in the solar return chart. And we see Jupiter down here, very close to a conjunction with the ascendant, but an out of sign conjunction. Jupiter will be at two degrees, no, one degrees, 51 minutes, something like that of Pisces in retrograde and in the second house of money. Uh, now, the second house in the chart of a nation really deals with money and as in personal charts, so it's kind of the same, but it also represents the economy and the ability of the economy to perform in an equitable and an, uh, an equitable distribution uh, of resources. So with the second house of Jupiter has, you know, two things going on. One is the tendency for us to overbuy, overspend, and to um, use credit in a way that uh, causes deficits. So if you look at what our deficit is right now, it's like in the trillions of dollars. And that's not good for the economy in the bigger picture. And it might be a result of this Jupiter tendency to, what does it do? Overexpand. It overdoes. It overspends. Anything you could put the word over in front of, you can apply to Jupiter. And then Jupiter in retrograde so a planet in retrograde taking us to previous um, expressions of its energy. And it's, so I just see that there's this big push for us to maybe do things in a different way. But with Jupiter retrograde, it's like we're still hitting our heads up against the, the wall. We keep going back to the same way we've always done things. And I really feel like this is where corporate America is the, the root of the problem right, that, that corporate America doesn't pay their fair share of taxes. And so it it is corporate America playing in politics and corporate America pushing money into politics to sway people's, um, the, uh, what they're voting on or what, what bills come up in Congress and so forth. So there's a lot of shenanigan energy here, I think that's potential with Jupiter in retrograde. And in Pisces, this is this is an energy that's going to prolong because it's going to be activated from now until next July 4th. But also next year, we have Jupiter transiting through Pisces. And Pisces is a water sign, so it's about flow. And this is also, by the way, Jupiter in a USA chart or in any country's chart represents our spiritual leaders, the clergy or the, the people that we look to for hope and for optimism and for uh, sustenance through difficult times. It also represents the high courts of the land. Interesting because the Supreme Court has been very busy lately bringing down different um, uh, kind of conflicting um, 
taking controversial subjects and actually ruling on them in unexpected ways. Like in some ways, we expected the more conservative nature of the court to, to rule in one way, but they don't. And in other ways, we see them ruling in what is a very conservative way. And so we see this high court, this whole thing, you know, being um, a spotlight shown on the court right now. And of course, then the uh, judicial overreach or the use of the, ju the Justice Department in the nation. So we, we see all of it. It's in the news right now. And these are bigger problems with possible more exposure as time goes on about what's been happening behind the scenes. Jupiter tends to, remember, expand things. So it becomes a bigger and bigger picture. And the overindulgences get exposed. Uh, the people that are using the system or abusing the system uh, become exposed, using and abusing specifically the financial system, the economy, etc. Um, but there is also optimism here, and I don't want to undersell optimism. But the optimism here is also very emotional. This is Piscean energy, and Piscean energy is sensitive. It is emotional, and it, it, it expresses emotion sometimes through victim energy, um, sometimes being a martyr energy. So we, we'll have to watch our in our own personal lives, because we're part of the nation, that we don't buy into the fear-mongering, that we don't buy into the uh, the shadow energy, that we keep ourselves aware, but that we don't fall into the trap of the fear of, of things that are happening in that outer world. Now, we also have Neptune. I'm not going to go to Saturn yet. I'm going to go to Neptune now, because Neptune is also in Pisces for the solar return. And as a transiting planet, of course, he's in, in, in uh, the sign of Pisces for a while yet. And in the chart of the USA, or the chart of any country, uh, Neptune represents socialism, and not socialism as a um, political deal, but socialism as in how do we uh, create programs that are related to helping the underprivileged or uh, the less advantaged? And how do we come together as humans to make sure we're taking care of one another? And that even the people at the, the lowest rung of uh, the economy have access to benefits or to a sustainable living wage or to the ability to have housing, that kind of thing. So Neptune itself here is um, also ruling drugs and drug companies and uh, the drug problems that are inherent in the um, population. So Neptune here in the second house, we might see more money being devoted to social programs. We might see some interesting developments in drug companies and new drugs coming out, but I will guarantee you there is also going to be a huge conversation in this country over the next year about the cost of drugs. Again, this is still second house, right? The second house money and how costs for things like insulin have skyrocketed. Or if you'll remember back a, a year or two ago, uh, the uh, epinephrine shots that people need for um, pr um, staying out of anaphylactic shock if they have an allergic reaction, how that went up to like $600 for one shot and just out of the blue. So you, I guarantee you that's going to be part of the conversation. There is also likely more conversation around uh, the pandemic and the vaccinations and what have you that are coming out for that. And the possibility is that we'll have to have further vaccination against the different variants or perhaps a yearly sort of flu. You know, we have the yearly flu vaccine, maybe a yearly coronavirus vaccine. I'm just speculating here, but that seems to be the direction that things are going in, that that Neptune is pushing the country in and the funds that become available for research on those kinds of things. But Neptune also gives us blurred vision. We don't see clearly. We're not seeing the financial impacts clearly, or we're putting off the impact. We're borrowing against our future is basically how that looks. And that has to, that at some point, we're going to have to pay the piper here. But it's a blurred area right now about how that will happen. How will that take place? How are we going to drive down that deficit that was created with all of the stimulus money, etc.? So there's a lot going on in the second house, in the money, the banking, the finances, the budgeting, the economy uh, of the USA for this year. Um, as well, Neptune represents oil. 
And I think there's also a, a distinct necessity for this nation to look at our dependence on oil and releasing our dependence on it. This can also drive, because it's a money house, the prices of oil up further, um, may even do the opposite and bring it down at some point. We'll have to take a look and see uh, approach on that one. Uh, but it, at a very empowered uh, second house or economy in this year with the, the problems, seeking new solutions, etc., to those problems. Now I'm going to go to Saturn. Now Saturn in the nation's chart represents uh, the area that we have to work on in terms of our um, our structures, right? Our our structures and the the institutions that we have. So maybe that's the better thing. But also structures. So the bridges, the buildings. Interesting. We had a building collapse in Florida last week. All a part of this, and there's going to be a lot of 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 talk, you can guarantee it about the age of buildings and the the way that we um, give buildings an okay, you know, whether we are inspecting buildings, etc. Um, Saturn also rules the elderly. So the, uh, the aging of the nation and how do we take care of the elderly? And that might mean we're talking more about Social Security or Medicare. Those things, those issues may come up as well. It's a conservatism kind of sign where we are trying to create sustainability and where things are not sustainable, we'll have to look at as a nation. It, this Whatever house that Saturn falls in for the nation reduces the benefits of that particular house. And it falls into the first house of the nation's chart, which means having to take a pretty hard line look at our national identity. Who are we? And what is our personality? And what what things do we want to stand up for? And this is a planet that is in the sign of Aquarius, which is um, also going to take us into that social program, so socialism, not again, the political movement, but socialism. How do we take care of one another? And uh, how do we take care? How do we make things equally accessible to all? And finally, let's take a look at Pluto in the chart. And Pluto is over here in Capricorn. And you can see on the solar return, the nation's Pluto is at 27 degrees, 33 minutes. And the solar return, Pluto is at 25 degrees. I can't tell if that's 52 or 32, but something like that. And that means we're in the bullet burn of this uh, Pluto return. So for all intents and purposes, we're already living it out. And in a chart of a nation, Pluto represents the uh, nation's shadows, right? The shadows that the nation holds, the things that we don't want to look at, the, the, the things that we push back. That uh, And right now, that seems to be a lot around race, a lot about equal distri distribution of um, resources, um, all of the the um, political rancor that's occurring, that kind of thing seems to be in the nation's shadows. This also represents power and nuclear power specifically as well. So how are we empowered? Um, this is in the 12th house of the solar return. So in the 12th house, it rules prisons, it rules criminals, it rules spies, the secret things that are happening, all the cyber warfare type things that have been going on, cyber attacks, ransomware attacks, etc. So crime and criminals. And in a bigger look at this, it's what covers up our divineness, what covers up our divine path, where we get lost, where we get lost in fear, where we get limited, where we, you know, imprison ourselves. So as a nation, right, this also represents the subconscious fears, the subconscious patterns that are running the show that are uh, involved with sabotage or limitation in some way. So Pluto here in the 12th house uh, is likely going to create some issues for the USA as we come upon the shadows that we have been holding. And in the end, this becomes almost cathartic a cathartic movement to release the shadows or to heal the shadows. How do you heal those shadows? Well, first of all, you have to talk about them. You have to name them. You have to bring them out in the open. You have to do whatever it is that you need to do in order to transform the shadow into the light. And so I feel like the USA is still on a pathway of dredging up the shadows, um, the things that we don't see clearly, like who who are the puppets behind the um, the 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 screen, right? Who who's the what is that the um, 
who's the puppet master, right? Who's back there? What are the manipulations that are happening? What are the things, that, what are the reasons for some of the big secrets, even around UFOs, right? That's That report came out. I was expecting big things from it. And it literally said nothing new, nothing new that we know other than the USA saying, yeah, well, there are these things. We don't know what they are, um, but we know they're not aliens. Really? Come on. So it was like, the report that was not a report. So I, I would expect there'll be more about that as that is a 12th house issue and also a Pluto issue. So interesting stuff. All right. I know we're after the hour here. Um, let me stop sharing this and take a look back at StreamYard. How's everybody doing here? I know that was a lot of information and I'm hoping at some point, maybe I can get this transcript of the show and put it in writing for you. Uh, so that you can actually see what the planets mean and you can, you know, take a look at the chart again. I just know it was a ton of stuff, right? So I'm okay if you're confused, but that helps us to open up a conversation because even though this is a solar return, it happens in a snapshot of a moment, it's enacting themes that will happen for the entire year. So we have a lot of things that we could talk about over the course of the year. Uh, Sarah, I feel like I'm on the verge of changing my profession after nine years. I think that will be the most fascinating thing for you. And uh, let's see, other people, they overruled in favor of Penn East fracking pipeline to confiscate paid for reserve, preserved park and farmland by use of eminent domain. See, there's a lot of stuff like that, that the people, I can't imagine that the people are okay with that. So there's got to be some balance to all of this. And those are some of the conversations I think that we can have on um, as we go through this particular year. All right, everybody. So I know that was a lot. Um, again, I am open to your questions. I'll try to get something in writing for you to make it easier for you to connect to this material once more. Mimi says, thank you so much for this read on the USA. Much makes sense as I remain optimistic in the long run. I think there's a lot to be optimistic about, even though in the short term, we may have some issues popping up. And I short term, I'm meaning the next probably two to three years. But, you know, the one thing I can say about this country and its people is the moon of the nation is in Aquarius. We rise to the um, occasion, whatever it is. And we have certainly the capability of applying unique and innovative uh, techniques or solutions or technology to solve our problems. The only thing that we lack at the moment is the will to do it. So that's what we have. We, we have no shortage of brilliance, no shortage of genius, no shortage of the ability to show the world how um, forward thinking that we are. The problem is sometimes we get caught up Aquarius is still a fixed sign. We get caught up in the way things are. We get in our comfort zone. We have to have the will to jump outside of the comfort zone and address the issues that are before us. If we can do that, we'll be back better than ever. And I totally expect that that's going to happen. So that's it for me today. I will not be with you on Monday. Monday is a holiday here. So the next day you and I will be together on air. We'll be on Wednesday, July 7th. And I know I'm not normally on Wednesdays, but I'll want to come on Wednesday since I wasn't here on Monday. And um, certainly looking forward to seeing you all then. Take care. Have a blessed holiday weekend for those of us in the USA. Everybody else, take care. And thank you so much for tuning in today. Bye for now.